Bray, and welcome to episode 21 of the Hops and Bops podcast. I am producer Tom. I'm Joe. And I'm Mike. And this episode, we have a, a special guest, very special guest with us on the, on the pod. We have one of the co-founders of Witch Doctor Brewing Company in Southington. We have Josh with us. Uh, he's Zooming in because it's 2021 and we do those <laughs> cool things. Uh, thanks for coming on, Josh. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yeah, and so um, we've we've picked uh, a couple a uh, couple bangers today. We've got um, "Time Travelers and Bonfires," an album by Seven Dust, mm, yes. and we have from Witch Doctor the mixed bag Starburst Sour. It, that sounds delicious. It, yes, it's so good. <laughs> uh, what, who better than the the master of Witch Doctor to have on to talk about the beer? So let's uh, let's crack them open. Let's do it. Can't wait to try try this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love that pop. Oh, yeah, Josh has his too there. Look at that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> our first virtual crack. Our first sour on the show. Yes, this is our first sour. Ooh, I like that color. Yep. Now, I do have to say, um, I may not be able to taste this too well, <laughs> um, as, as we've learned in the last episode. Yeah. I, I, I've had a... Interesting Joe, couple Joe came ending down, to 2020. <laughs> Joe came down with the vid. Yeah. 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 Call this one Jovid19. Uh, yeah, the Jovid19 trilogy of episodes. Yeah, let's give it a taste. Love the mm. smell. Oh, I can actually smell it. You can? A little bit. <laughs> we have a breakthrough. All right. He can smell it. It has like a juice smell. It does, yeah. Like rather than having more of a beer smell, it smells more like a, like a, some sort of a fruit juice. I like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't... <laughs> He doesn't taste it. Still no taste? I'll wait for the album because I, right. I can't taste the flavors. <laughs> oh, man. Whatever. All right. So, um, again, our first sour. Mm-hmm. And personally what I like about it is that it's not too sour. It doesn't have an overwhelming. Some sours can be, like, super tart. Yeah. And then almost leave, like, a, I hate to say it, but like a like a, like a leftover throw-up yes. taste in, in your mouth. Yeah. Um. But this one just is really like it's like the perfect amount. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. More like a juice. It, yeah. It, it tastes like a, a juice from what I can taste. But I agree with you, Mike. Like I'm not a huge sour fan. I think a lot of sours do yeah. have that kind of th- unfortunately <laughs> that throw up kind of feel in my mouth. But this does not. This no, does yeah. not. And you know, even though I can't make out a lot of the flavors, but yeah. just the general taste of it, I I can distinguish between that and. Uh, I don't taste that at all. So this is this yes. is a very well made sour. Sours awesome. have grown on me. Um, this one, and I'm a big fan of the other Witch Doctor sour. I am fruit. Um, not only for the awesome Marvel reference, but just the fact that it's a good raspberry sour. <laughs> but uh, Josh, if you want to kind of give us a little rundown of how this came about and everything <laughs> else, go for it. Sure. So, um, so the. Sours that we do, we like to, as you said, not go overly sour. Mm-hmm. No, no one likes to have heartburn after the <laughs> beer. And so we're all about finding that balance, especially mm-hmm. with sours. And it's got to be delicious and juicy too. So we'll brew a base sour as a pretty light batch. And... We, we kind of strategize the sour end of it. We'll we'll shoot for certain pH numbers, mm-hmm. and we're pretty good at hitting that. 
<clears throat> then we'll fruit it or uh, candy it in this case. Actually, in this case, it's both. We have a uh, we have a double fruit base to this that is going to have to stay proprietary for now. <laughs> Ooh, oh, the secret blend. <laughs> I know the details, no. but I won't say. Uh, we'll say it off the air. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We added a bunch of Starbursts. The three of us actually sat in the brewery for about four hours unwrapping Starbursts. That's so <laughs> cool. <laughs> Next time, call us. We'll help. <laughs> so you. Before, before we got to that, we actually uh, we've been talking about doing some of these crazy hours that we see popping up occasionally, and. Uh, Candy seemed to be the answer for the particular fruit base that we decided to do. And so we came up with a list of candies that we thought might be interesting, and we decided to test Skittles and Starbursts next to each other. We put a little bit of the fruit base into two quart mason jars and added candy, and the Starburst just won out hands down. That's so cool. So there's actual... Starburst brewed in the beer in the process. Oh yeah, it's essentially dry hopped with Starburst. Oh man! Wow, that's, awesome. that's so cool. <laughs> that's a really cool concept. So I like when that. I came in the other day, you know, me and Josh, when I came in to pick this up, we were talking about it a little bit, and um, it was funny because he mentioned about Skittles. He was a little, they were unsure that I just didn't work out, didn't taste great, and the first thing that popped into my head that I told Josh was, I guarantee it's the grape Skittle. Like, there's no, nothing grape ever works out that well. Yeah. It's definitely the grape Skittle that fucked it up. <laughs> when he mentioned that, I thought about it, and I thought about what was wrong with that particular experiment, and it very well may have been the grape Skittle, now that I think about it. Uh, Mike, you... I'm just saying. Wow. Huge part of this. <laughs> No, we might have to do another experiment without the grape skill. Uh, that could do it. Do it by color. So, so if you need someone to come in and sit there and pick out all the grape skittles, let us know. <laughs> Are you trying to get a job? Is this like a a way to get into a job there? The skittle picker. The skittle picker. Put that on your resume. Yeah. Job title: Skittle picker. We pay you in. Skittles. Skittles. <laughs> That's all you the get. The ones that you pick out. Shit. It's got good. I fucked myself over on that one. Yeah. It's the benefits. Oh man. Um, yeah. So I mean, this this beer seems super new for you. So new that um, where's the can design come from? Because I notice it's just a sticker. A sticker on a generic can. Was yeah. this can from another beer or? Uh, that is our generic. Can. Okay, cool. Uh, so, so we have that beer specifically so we can do small release stuff mm -hmm. so that we can can up yeah. any damn thing we please. That's a great awesome. idea, yeah. And, and get it to you guys. Uh, I mean, we, we've periodically toyed with the idea of adding the legalese that would be necessary to put the specific cans with the sticker in the package stores. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, then we kind of think about the aspect of, well, you know, if it's going to the package store, maybe it deserves its own label. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, no, I, I love this too. It's, it has like a, almost like a grapefruit kind of feel to it. It's, okay. it's I'm getting those kind of aftertaste as well. <clears throat> yeah, no, it, it definitely all, um, it all, it layers together very well. Yeah, I like the fact that 
like like you said earlier with the Starburst, the nice part about the Starburst is they're all somewhat citrus flavored. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and so when you mix it in with the fruit-based beer, the citrus flavored Starburst, all the flavors mix really well. And I don't think there's any single flavor that like super stands out. Yeah. It's the mixture of all of it just yeah. gives it that good base. And, um, you know, it's got that nice cloudy look to it. Mm-hmm. It just goes down smooth. I mean, sometimes with sours, you can have one or two, mm-hmm. and then it's just become a little too much, and you need something else. I feel like I could sit there and down a four-pack of this, no problem. Yeah, this is Get myself in trouble. It's not that tart. <laughs> it, it, it really no. isn't. This is, it's very easy to drink compared to other sours out there. But um, you can still tell it the sour. Yeah, yes, oh yeah, right, exactly. exactly. Right. That's the best part. Yep. Um, Josh, I... I kind of I, to do that with the... I am fruit too, and really, I mean, we're gonna, we're also gonna come out with further sours. I, I think down the line, I think the next one we're gonna toy with uh, when we brew this one again. I think we're gonna throw a little to the side and experiment with the uh, blueberry tart. Mm, cool, mm. that's cool. Uh, pastry sour kind of thing. Okay, that's yeah. cool. I'm for you. I guess it wouldn't be pastry. Uh, think like blueberry crumble. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, maybe we'll have to. Uh, maybe we'll have to be in in brewery for that recording, cool. and we'll have to cover that one. Yeah. <laughs> we can have Josh pick the album. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> It'll probably be one hell of a metal album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Josh, I did have one question. Like, I I don't consider us major like beer experts, but you know what makes a sour a sour? Like, how does it get that taste compared to? You know, your lagers, your IPAs, your stouts. Like, how does the sour become a sour? It's actually a separate fermentation. It's a bacterial fermentation. Hmm. Okay. Actually. Yes. Uh, I know that's a scary word. but <laughs> And basically, it's called a kettle sour. So what you do mm-hmm. is you brew the beer like you normally would, uh, right up until the point where it's in the kettle and you would be adding hops. You don't add the hops yet. Instead, you add the bacteria. Okay. And you keep that in specific conditions for a period of a few days, give or take, depending on what your goal is. The longer you leave it, the more sour you're going to get. And then when you're all done, you boil the beer like you normally would, add the hops. That kills all the bacteria and sanitizes the vessel back up, and then you're good to go. Sanitizing, that's... like Sanitizing is important these days. The theme of this year. <laughs> that's good shit. That's awesome. That, that's good to know. Because I, you know, I, I never knew. And, you know, by doing this podcast, I'm learning a lot. So, I was going to say, the one thing I did notice when you guys made this was maybe two weeks prior to it being released, you guys posted that you were mixing Skittle, or not Skittles, but Starburst into your, into your beer. And then, like, two weeks later, boom, the beer was, like, canned and ready to go. So you saying that these mm-hmm. kinds go much quicker, um, you know, just just looking on Facebook and Instagram, like, I saw that turnaround happen so quick. All of a sudden, I'm like, Shh, I'm at work, and I got a notification. Witch Doctors released their beer today. And I'm like, oh, shit. I was like, that was quick. On my way. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to be more timely and on top of our social media posts, too. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you did That's a good, good job on this one. You got me there quick. Now, I, I have a very important question, probably the most important of the day. Did you use the standard Starburst flavors, or did you go with, like, the 
like the tropical, tropical yeah. or <laughs> now we uh we thought about it we really did yeah uh, we almost went with the fave red but we decided on just regular so, so the, that's the uh, yeah so that's the strawberry the cherry the orange and the lemon it's awesome perfect it's cool. really cool no, it worked well, man. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a great taste and sour, and uh, we're glad that this all worked out for this episode. Cool. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, it definitely comes through well. One thing about this beer, though, is if it does make it to market, which uh, indications say that it might have to do, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to have to change the name of it because there's like 20 other beers in untapped named mixed bag and that can oh. prove legal problems. Ah. So... Um, I will definitely make an announcement and let y'all know, but sure. Mixed Bag is a temporary name. Likely. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good to know. Maybe a little naming contest. Ooh. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh... We got to check into legalities, but I saw a Starburst commercial the other day, and they used the word juice triadic equation. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> nice. Well, that's good info. Right. Yeah, so uh, so go follow Witch Doctor on all their uh, their social medias for some updates on that, because that sounds like a lot of fun. But yeah, um, yeah no, while we're while we're still talking, let's uh, transfer over a bit to uh, the album that we paired with this, which is uh, Time Travelers and Bonfires, the album by Seven Dust. Yeah, this was a yes. uh, Joe Sod pick. This was my pick. Um, I've been wanting to. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pick for about a yeah two months. <laughs> I've been wanting to talk about this album for a while, but it got pushed. We had some other good ideas we wanted to do, but it's. Finally time, um, Seven Dust is one of my favorite bands. Um, I often think that they're kind of underappreciated in the rock and metal world. I hear a lot a, a lot about other rock and metal bands that, quite frankly, in my opinion, just put out shitty music. And Seven Dust has stayed consistent till their since their 97 debut, and they're just rocking out. Um, and... Even to this day, they just put out a new album in 2020 called Blood and Stone, which I think is a great album. Um, so I wanted to talk about them because they deserve their due. They, um, they they need to be one of the most mentioned bands uh, in music. So um, if we could change that, that'd be great. Um, but anyway, this album, while they're rock and heavy metal and aggressive, aggressive music, this is their acoustic album. Um, it's it's their 10th album came out in 2014 it's 12 tracks uh, but the reason why two reasons why I chose this album first reason is they absolutely slay the the acoustic music you know for being a heavy metal band they do awesome acoustic songs whether it's covers of their previous songs or just purely acoustic songs they do an awesome job at retweaking their songs um, and then the other reason why I chose the album is um, so it's 12 tracks. The first six songs are were brand new at the time, purely acoustic songs. The second six songs were acoustic versions of previously released songs, some of their biggest hits. And I just thought that concept for the album was a really cool concept. So, um, and I just I happen to love the album, so I wanted to bring it to the podcast and see what everyone thinks. Yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, personally, I think yeah. there were two things missing on this album. Okay. One thing I think the album was missing was a purely acoustic song. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to have a song where it was just Clint Lowry on mm -hmm. guitar, mm -hmm. maybe Clint Lowry with a little bit of piano, mm -hmm. and just him and Lejean singing. Yeah. Um, it would have been nice to have had almost like that real raw acoustic sound. That's true. 
Um, the other is, <clears throat> I don't know. I just feel like they are another band that does a really good job with covers. Mm-hmm. Like an acoustic cover would have been cool. Of a oh song. yeah, that would you know cool they too. did a really good job with um, the day I tried to live. Yeah. by Soundgarden was one of their recent releases of a cover song, um, and I know people are kind of against cover songs because it's almost like a hey we need to make money here's a cover song song you already know you don't have to think about yeah but i feel like that could have maybe boosted it a little bit too Mm -hmm. i do i do get i never it never dawned on me about having just a purely acoustic song but like this is their brand like morgan rolls doesn't on drums doesn't hold back at all like it's he's still playing like not (laughs) even like rods or bongos like he's still playing full kit but it works it like oddly works for this and i just thought it was really cool it felt like almost a Days of the New vibe to it. Mm. That's a good point, yeah. yeah. I was trying to think of uh, bands that they kind of resemble a lot. Yeah, I didn't yeah. really think of that, Days but of that's the, definitely a good Days comparison. of the New, like early tantric. Yeah, um, yes. That kind Ooh, of like yeah, yeah, yeah. acoustic electric yep. overlap. When Clint was coming back to Seven Dust, they had just put out their seventh album, um, Chapter 7, Hope and Sorrow, mm-hmm. and they had just put it out with their guitarist at that time, Sonny Mayo, just put it out, and then they announced that Clint was coming back. So they toured this whole album that Sonny just recorded, but Clint came back and like played the songs and yeah. like. But uh, yeah, Seven Dust has you know a great discography. Highly go or I highly recommend it. But as for this album, let's dig into the tracks. Um, so it kicks off with the song called "Come Down," and this is again one of the just purely acoustic, acu- acoustically written song yeah. for this album. Um, I thought it was a great album intro. It had that classic Seven Dust vibe with um, all instruments locked in and syncopated. They're big on syncopation in their music, mm-hmm. um, you know, accents on the offbeats. Um, and I just love Morgan Rose's drum work on the song and the whole album. As a drummer, you know, I, I kind of like that he brought, you know, actual drums to the album um, and still made it work. Uh, I, I admired that. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was... I feel like that gives it more energy like it i feel like it's easier to listen to it with that full drum set say than if you've ever listened to like zach wild's book of shadows mm-hmm. it's, it's a little harder to get through because it doesn't have that full drum set happening right. yeah at least through much of it right exactly that's actually on my list of uh future albums oh <laughs> <laughs> All right. future um yeah i mean one thing that sticks out with me for seven dust is for being such a uh like a hard rock band, um, Lejean and Clint's way of putting the vocals together and harmonizing yes. and things like that. They're like, they're like made for each other. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, they do it. It's almost like, um, Van Halen and Michael Anthony yeah. and you know, his background harmonies, like they're just really, it just, their voices work so well together. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not the biggest fan of this album, but I would say that one of the better parts is the vocals. You yeah. Know, the, the, harmonies and the layers that they kind of add to the mm-hmm. album uh, really uh, yeah. adds a lot to the music. Yeah. I do want to say just as an overall fact, Lejean's local vocals, he's just a great singer. Mm-hmm. I, I, he's a great uh, front man, great lead singer for, you know, good representation of the genre. He does a great job. Yeah, he's not he's not super clean. He has that bit of growl in there yeah. too, so he's got a bit of that, uh, it's, it's, it fits the style well. Yeah, for sure. He's got a good edge. Yeah. Um, the next song is called Under It All. Um, again, another good song. Uh, I thought it had good verses. I like how the chorus, um, you know, kind of opens up to the kind of this like kind of airy feel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rose's drumming remains aggressive. 
and not acoustic at all. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, you know, like I said, it, it kind of oddly works. Um, has a great breakdown after the second chorus. I really like that. Um, and that's something they're known for. The Seven Dust has great breakdowns in their songs, and they kind of made it work for this acoustic vibe. Yeah, so... Um, acoustic either they got a little electric part in here yeah 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 they, they they throw a lot of electric guitar in there um with the acoustic in the background mm -hmm. and um i think they do a pretty good job at layering in that um the electric doesn't take over and take away from the idea that it's supposed <coughs> to be acoustic yeah. it's nice. add to it and doesn't overshadow things 100 percent, definitely um yeah. so at this point when i was listening um i was also in the hospital um uh, having my second child so hey. hey thank you um <laughs> but um in the process i had a little extra time so i was doing some research and i yeah, found out did. that <laughs> i found out that the reason they put this album out was because in 2004 uh -huh. they had a live acoustic album yes that had i guess a pretty big response yeah um, south side double wide acoustic yeah. live yeah and because of that they went and they put out um this album mm -hmm. Not my first concert, but my first, like, heavy concert was uh, OzFest 98, and Seven Dust was there. Oh, oh yeah. cool. Oh, that was right, right after they came out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Seven Dust. I think it was the only time I ever saw them. It was right after they came out. That's cool. I saw Seven Dust, um, oh, man, maybe, maybe about 10 years ago. Um, at the Hartford Webster Theater. Oh, nice. Um, it was them and Alta Bridge, I want to say. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it was nice. a, yeah, really good show. God, they blew the roof off that place. Yeah. Like, it was so loud. <laughs> They're such a loud band. I think I saw them open up for somebody at Mohegan. Mm -hmm. um, some, one of those, Carnival of Madness, or some sort of where it was like Stone Sour headlined or somebody big headlined. And uh, I want to say Seven Dust was one of the opening bands. All right, cool. So The Weight is next. Yeah, this one was actually one of my uh, my favorites from the album. I, I really liked the, the vocal performance. It was the most like memorable uh, hook that really stuck with me a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I would say, at least personally for me, there wasn't a lot of uh, memorable moments. And that's not to be super mean. It's just that kind yeah, of yeah. style for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't really kind of relate a lot to like that alt metal kind of new metal almost uh -huh. kind of sound, um, but yeah, no, I I really enjoyed this track. Um, the uh, the way they layer their vocals again is is a, a shining point for me. Yeah. This was one of my favorites for the simple fact of this is more of what I expected from an acoustic album. Right. It was more ballad driven. Piano had the dramatic strings in it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um. It would, I'm glad the wait. It was funny. I was waiting for this song. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, right. I was really waiting for this style of song to come on, and I'm just glad it came on earlier rather than later. Kept yeah. me listening. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought that we're, we're spending like just the right amount of minutes on each song. To my playlist is progressing with each song right as we move on. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Beautiful. We're, we're, uh, we're seasoned here at the Hops and Bops podcast. Um, I, I really like the 6-8 pattern. It was a nice switch up mm -hmm. yes. rather than just the, you know, kind of common time. Um, and awesome chorus, wide open. Piano, like Mike said, I thought it was a welcomed addition to the kind of landscape of the song yeah. and the album. So, yeah, good song. Um Next one, Upbeat Sugar. I thought it was a funny name. 
Is it in the lyrics? How it, I I really didn't look I, into yeah, it to be I honest know. with you. But um, <laughs> I need to hear this song as an electric song. Like I want to hear this song as you know one of their normal albums. It's a classic it's, seven. It's, it's song. a seventh song. That's right? all it is. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's not quintessential. But not it's, quite, uh, but it's classic. Yeah, yes. right. Got the um, tropes. I love how the song builds intensity uh, mm-hmm. from the verse to the chorus. Um, has that halftime chorus, great, another great breakdown. I really like this song a lot. Yeah. I like this one too. Yeah. yeah. So not to jump to uh, too much, but I gotta say, this was a perfect breakfast beer. <laughs> Fruity. Well balanced it, breakfast. It's like drinking orange juice in the morning. I, I could uh-huh. I could see myself becoming an alcoholic with this. <laughs> yeah. I actually noticed that the other day. I, I was at work and uh, got handed this beer because we were doing, uh, Mike was doing a photo shoot or we had a can that needed tested or something like that. I was like, oh man, it's this is my first beer of the day. All right then. And it was really refreshing. It is. And I was like, oh. Well, when you, that's actually pretty good for a first beer of the day. Yeah, when you think of breakfast beers, usually you have like the oatmeal stouts or something that's a little heavier um, and almost more of like a coffee type of beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, this has just got such a nice juice flavor to it. I can I could do this in the morning. And then, uh, so the next song is called One Life. You know, I thought it was the most ballad on the album. You know, definitely a ballad, yeah. slower song. I thought the piano worked uh, extremely well again. Um, it wasn't my favorite, you know, it was kind of a, you know, they, I think they needed to make it. Um, the guitar solo was the best part of the song. Yeah. And yeah. even with that being the best part of the song, it was too short in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the point where I actually wrote it down and I noted that Clint Lowry, as much as Lejean is the voice, Clint Lowry's the band. Yeah. He literally is Seven Dust. Yeah. Without him, you don't have Seven Dust. Yeah. And I know they did that album without him. Three, but, actually. They or whatever. His, yeah. his riffs, his guitar, his backing vocals. If you actually look on um, their Wikipedia list of everything, mm-hmm. he's written every song. Yeah. And yeah. he's the only person that's listed for writing every one of their songs. Um, and just a song like this where nothing was really spectacular about it. Um his guitar then just was the best part. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. Just without him, I just don't see Seven Dust. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I kind of feel that way about them as a band almost. Like, I like how consistent they are, and it's consistently good. Mm-hmm. But it's so consistent that I feel like they don't necessarily take some of the chances they could take to, to really make some of their stuff really stand out. Yeah. I think you're right, and I th- I think that might be the reason why they're not as prominent, like I mentioned earlier. They're kind of like the ACDC of alt, alt <laughs> yeah, metal, of like, like yeah, new, new metal. metal. Yeah. You know, every album you know what you're going to get into, but which is why I kind of thought this album would be a good one to kind of address because it was a change for them, and yeah. it, it brought out a whole different side of them that they already had for yeah. over a decade. Um, and you know shows kind of their versatility as a band. Yeah, um, and to that point that Josh just brings up, kind of goes along with what I said earlier. With just a purely acoustic song, mm-hmm. would have been a, a a risk that I think that with his voice being so distinct, and then throwing like a piano ballad or an acoustic, like a legit acoustic song, um, like Clint Ra- Lowry over um, the quarantine put out his version of Hurt. By Nine Inch Nails, oh, okay. mm-hmm. and it's just piano and his vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, it's a great, great cover song, great song that they did. 
something like that with Lejean's voice on this album would have been that risk that I think would have paid off and made the album even better. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. And then the song six, so this is the last like original mm-hmm. song on the album, or like acoustic original. It's called Bonfire. I thought this was an awesome song. I love the way this song kicks off. It kind of has builds that intensity with the mm-hmm. intro, and then it kicks in with a cool groove. Um, and I, I just I, I love the change up uh, in the drum beat for the second verse. It, it just kind of adds that nice little tweak. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta agree. Uh, coming into the song, even right in the very beginning, this is one that catches my ear as something that's just a little different than the rest of them. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. definitely. This one just grooves. I as soon as this kicks on, I I'm just like yeah. in it. I'm in it to win it. Love it. Well, once again, uh, you know, Morgan Rose's drums are just, they, they really drive this song. Yeah. And it's, you know, and then they got, again, they mix that electric and acoustic guitar and, you know, they just do a good job with it. It's a solid song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another pretty. I like, uh, their, uh, I like the tension they're able to build in this song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well said. Yeah. And another, another really catchy hook, you know, kind of uh, similar to the weight. Um, mm-hmm. That's what, that's what kind of draws my ear a lot too. Yeah. You know, that build up is definitely pretty good. Yep. I kind of thought the uh, acoustic guitar like part, the main parts, they reminded me of Scratch Track a little bit, with a band we talked about yeah. like, a lot of episodes ago. Like kind of punchy, uh, kind of that punchy, dirty, yeah, dirty yeah. groove. Um, yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, great song. Um, I thought it was a perfect song to kind of transition into that later half of the album because now we're getting into the acoustic versions of older songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of. I thought it was a great transition. So, later six songs, first one is called Gone. The original version of it was on their 2003 album called Seasons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought the acoustic and the electric versions were like twins. Like, they really <laughs> kept it to the original. They didn't really take much risks on this, which I thought was okay. It was the first yeah. one on the album. And um, I, I, I thought it was, just, it was very well made. It was exactly what an acoustic version of this song should be. A lot of their riffs, especially guitar-wise, are like more exactly that riff-driven rather than like chord-driven. Yeah. Um, this one was a little more open. Uh, wonder, go ahead. I sometimes wonder if you guys write their songs on acoustic guitars. It's a good point. A lot of bands do. Yeah. yeah. A lot of bands do. Um, and so it did definitely translated well. Um, it was very different for an acoustic song. Um, it, and in... Also, it was really bass-driven, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool because, again, it was a change. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, kind of it kind of set it apart from some of the other songs on the album. Yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, and no, I think for me, because um, I, originally I didn't know that the, um, the album had um, the second half. I didn't know that it was yep. all acoustic covers. So yeah. um, Joe actually made a playlist of the originals and then into the acoustic covers. Uh-huh. And like you mentioned, they sound pretty similar. Yeah. So... For me personally, I don't. They don't really serve a lot of purpose to be acoustic cover just because they're so similar. Mm-hmm. So like this one, and also um, j- jumping ahead, Karma, I thought was pretty similar too. Yeah, Karma's pretty similar. Yeah. So so like they're they're still decent songs. Yeah. But I don't really see the need to go back and do that again because they're so close. I kind of agree with you, and a lot of it is the drumming. If my, if we if they did what Mike said and just had a purely acoustic maybe with some bongos light percussion yeah. instead of drum kit mm-hmm. you might have had more of a contrast it's a good point yeah um, they could have brought in some uh some percussion instruments you don't mm-hmm. hear too often yeah they could have brought in uh 
extra strings they could have brought yeah. in. Hell, they could have brought in a didgeridoo. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah. I mean, like a theremin. I mean, just alone where we're recording, <laughs> where we're recording right this podcast right now. I mean, we have a cahoon, we have a. A, a Dumbek, we have a freaking djembe. Yeah. Like you're telling me they couldn't get some of those, and Morgan Rose couldn't have played those different percussion pieces yeah. and yeah. changed it up a little bit. Yeah, um, it would have been I, nice. I know that that's part of their draw, but at the same time, like we keep mentioning back to it, would have been nice for them to take a little more risk, step outside of their comfort zone, yeah. and do something a little bit different. Because honestly, they're a good enough band to make it work. So yeah. So I think they did step out of their comfort zone on the next song, Denial. Denial. I think their acoustic version of this is probably the most dramatically changed song mm-hmm. compared mm-hmm. to the original. If yeah. you listen to the original back to back, it's very different. Yeah. And you almost have to like listen very carefully to the lyrics to really recognize that mm-hmm. it is Denial. And you know, of yeah. course, when the chorus comes in, you can yeah. tell. But even the chorus itself, it's like... Towards the end of the song, they went to halftime, which was really slow mm-hmm. and really just yeah. kind of doomy. It was, sure, fill me up. Um, so I, I thought this was really well done um, for an acoustic and then, album. Uh, to, to Mike's comment earlier, it doesn't really have as much of the drums going on. Right. Yeah. Exactly. We have the drums going on like it does in the other songs. I think this is their... Uh, they're one maybe they did take a little bit of a chance on. Mm-hmm. And it's a good choice. Yeah. Honestly, this is their, like, big breakout hit. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. This was one of their biggest songs. Yeah. And then moving on to Trust, I, I thought that was just boring. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was anything really special about that song Yeah, when they covered it. Yeah, it kind of just took all the edge off for me, mm-hmm. like, listening to the original and then to that um like it, like the musicianship and like the actual performance is fine. Oh, great! Like great. I'm not gonna you know shit on that, but right in terms of what they did with it, I feel like they just kind of made it a lot yeah. softer. What you're gonna do with an acoustic yeah. anyway? I, but, they yeah. took out you know a lot of the aggressive yeah. breakdowns. They took out a lot of the screaming and um. Yeah. But I liked it. I, they came off the album Animosity, which mm-hmm. was their third album, 2001. The next two songs did. The two, next two songs, actually, And I yes. thought they both were boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's too bad because Animosity, as an album, is amazing. It is one of... It's their third album. It was kind of their breakout album. The last song, Angel's Son, is already an acoustic song mm-hmm. on that album. Um, and it's, it's an amazing album. I just personally the next two trust and crucified. I thought they were better electric. Yeah. They really didn't uh-huh. have, which it's hard because you know you don't want to take an electric song and make a better version for this album and then be able to say, oh the acoustic version's better. But then at the same time you also don't want to say that, well the electric version's better. Like right. there's a fine line yeah. of like they've got to be different, yeah. not better or worse, but like standalone. Exactly. And I feel like these two songs just didn't have that. Yeah. Agree. Um, yeah. So yeah, crucified. Yeah. Tom, thoughts? I no, 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 I'm same. Um, so, yeah. I, I appreciate the hook. I, I like that. Um, obviously, the vocals are still pretty good. Yep. Um, but you know, the songwriting can be attributed to not this album, but the previous album. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if all the accolades will come in for this one you know, true. specifically. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, it was okay. Yeah. What was next? Which one was next? Karma. 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 Yeah. Okay. So the original for this came off of. Uh, Cold Day Memory, 2010. Mm-hmm. This was the first album, the Cold Day Memory album, that Clint was back in the band for. Gotcha. It was one of their most 
he- is their heaviest band. It was like a lot of anticipation for mm-hmm. it to have Clint back on a recording. Um, I, I that album's great, and I thought this song was <laughs> it kept to the original kind of. Yeah. but I, it, it was cool hearing this song as an acoustic because you wouldn't think it yeah. when you hear the original. It, it was good. It was energetic. You know, the drums were great. Again, you know, didn't wasn't too different. Wasn't uh-huh. too crazy. Um, but it was just. It was just good. I, I, that's really all I had for it. You yeah, know, nothing special. Didn't wasn't bad. I wasn't good. Are, I think the drums are very often with this band my favorite part. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. He definitely has a, a specific style. Again, they're a good band. All the musicianship, as Tom pointed out earlier, they're great musicians, great oh, yeah. vocalists. They harmonize well. You know, they can play a good song. Um, Which I, is why I wish they were more at the <laughs> forefront. Other than some of these bands that are just yeah. They're just not doing anything well, good. Well, before we started the podcast and we were getting set up, like me and Josh were talking, and, and we, he had mentioned that, you know, they remind him of, like, maybe a little more talented, like Godsmack. Yeah. A lot of the songs sound very similar. They have their sound, mm-hmm. and they kind of stick to it. And like you said, they're like a new metal ACDC. Yeah. And I think that might be what... <laughs> they're losing out on you know what i yeah. mean is they're such good musicians you know we we keep bringing up five finger death punch with their covers and me and another buddy always have conversations five finger death punch is a great band they just suck at writing songs right and their real their covers are amazing but their originals just kind of suck but they're you more know? popular i think and everyone they are think, which because, sucks though, because i want these guys to be more popular. but you don't have to think twice you already know the song five finger death punch started out a little more raw. I mean, they started out a little more uh, outside the box, I think, with yeah. their songs. You listen to their first couple of albums, it's a little more interesting than if you listen to their last couple of albums. Mm-hmm. With Seven Dust, it's kind of always been very formula-driven, very uh, inside the box. Uh, don't mm-hmm. really want to step outside too much. Yeah. yeah. I feel yeah. like they're maybe afraid to really venture into creativity very much. Um, but yeah, no, with the uh, the final track, uh, Black, right? Yeah, yes, Black. Off of their first album? First album. Um, was it their first single? Self-titled debut. It might be Black no, or Bitch that. might be their first Ooh, single. Yeah. Oh, 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 dropping the B word. <laughs> no. um, As we've said fuck like seven times. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think when I, first, when I saw them at OzFest way back in 98, I don't think I heard him sing once. <laughs> really? Yeah, right. Just aggressive. Like was guttural. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um, so this is actually, if I remember correctly, the first song that I know that I like heard by Seven Dust, the original version of Black on their self-titled debut came out in mm-hmm. 97. And I love this song. This is probably my favorite go- um Godsmack. <laughs> Seven Dust song, okay. the original. Yeah. Um It was their first single, but It was way. their first yeah. single. Um, it's just an aggressive song, but I absolutely love what they did with the acoustic version. It kind of made it more tangible. Like, the original version isn't as tangible. The the vocals, the way it was produced, like, you know, it had an older production style, so kind of hard to understand the lyrics. This kind of brought it all kind of current day. You kind of understand what they're trying still, to do with the song. Uh, still mastered louder than Dark New Day, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I thought um, it was a great way to end. Yes, I I I, I agree with you, Mike. They um, brought it back to like the beginning. I like yes. the uh, little, I like the little bit at the end of the hook uh, where where he 
like the instrumentation kind of falls out under that uh the last line of the vocals and then mm -hmm. comes back with the verse yeah definitely um yeah i i i love what they did on this song um i think it's like how a band should record mm -hmm. an acoustic version of their of their song it's still you know it honors the original yet brings something new to the table yeah um yeah awesome yeah that was the album that's cool. it it was yeah so i just kind of overall thoughts i i personally i like this album i listened to it a lot even before the podcast um and uh, I love the idea of the two halves. First half was all new. Second half mm -hmm. were all original or um, um, acoustic versions of originals. Um, and in terms of my favorite bands, I consider them one of my dark horse like bands. Yeah, you know? yeah okay. Um, you know, I I like other bands better, but they're ones I can always rely on for a good like kick in the ass album. Um, yeah, and I just I really like what they did uh, on this for sure. Yeah, I thought overall it was, you know, a decent album. Um, I played it a few times in the background. It definitely wasn't something that jumped out and was like, I have to listen. But, I mean, it wasn't a bad album to listen to. Mm -hmm. you know, I had a couple songs that could have been better. Um, but overall, you know, it just wasn't a good, not great. Right. It's the best way I could put it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm... Um, I, could, I could agree with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm about there, too. Um I, I'm just not personally a fan of this style. It kind of... It, it takes the bite out of any of the originals <clears throat> and um, just kind of replaces the amp guitars with acoustics because there's not a lot of change-up on the rest of it. Yeah. Um, and even the originals were just kind of head-bobbing, early 2000s, almost, like, alt-metal style. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is, if that's your thing, then that's totally fine. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of the... Uh, the, the the newer gen which isn't but that, necessarily that's okay but yeah of course yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I mentioned this in a previous episode I don't remember which one mm -hmm. um, but uh, a lot of the originals gave me a uh, PlayStation Two dirt bike game soundtracks yes. vibes yes <laughs> I, I so, would say you're right yeah so. I even think that came across my mind when I was doing my notes for this album um, all right so we'll get into our our highlighted tracks here start yeah. with our mm -hmm. top track. Um, so, because there were two distinct parts of the album for me, I kind of did a top track from each half. Of course. Um, because Joe's style, I can never <laughs> yeah, just do one. Um, my my top track from the first six songs, the new songs, was Bonfire. I love that song, Bonfire. I'll always listen to that. It's a great song. And then my top track from the acoustic covers of their originals was Black. Um, it, it was a great way to end the album. I love the original song, and I love this version of the song. So definitely those two songs for me stand out. Yeah, I liked, um, I picked my number one I picked out of the songs that were previously written and then rewritten for acoustic. Uh -huh. uh, and Black was my favorite. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a great way to end the album. Um, you guys know me. Placement is big for me. Mm -hmm. um, and to have the their first single in an acoustic format end the album kind of going right back to the roots of where everything started that's where we're going to end yeah um all of that just fell together and it was just a really really cool song cool like full circle yeah yeah, yeah. um me personally i enjoyed uh, the weight the most mm -hmm. out of all of them uh -huh. um just generally as a note i feel like there was a lot of uh similarity with a lot of the the styles on here mm -hmm. and that's just personally because i'm not a huge fan of them i haven't listened to them for a long time mm -hmm. um so it, it 
wasn't as much of a standout versus the rest of them, but in general, I enjoyed um, the vocal hook and the, the layering yeah. very well on that track, so definitely it, my favorite. If you listen to one of their actual albums, you're going to see that every single song is kind of formulaic, like Josh said. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you'll see that. It's like, all right, what, what, where am I in the album? What song am I on? Cool. I think my favorites on this one were also Bonfire and Black. Nice. Nice. The, uh, I'm just a sucker for dynamics, and those are the two songs that have the most of them out of this album. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Good. Cool. All right, so now our sleeper. So the song you kind of uh, did. Bottom track. Bottom right? track. Oh, we're doing bottom track. Act, my act, act like you've been. <laughs> I've never here. been here before. So we're doing. All right. Said too many sours. Yeah, this is my. Oof, I need another one. Um, <laughs> it is good. So uh, I'm going to say Trust and Crucified. I thought both of them were just very blah. Yeah. Um, so for a bottom track, kind of a song I could skip, I would skip those two and move right on to Karma. Mm. Um, I don't know. I had a hard time picking like a bottom because it's not like any song on the album was bad. Right. Um, I kind of went more based off of like which songs just didn't do the acoustic version justice. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was Trust and Crucified. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my least favorite was One Life. Um, it just in comparison to the rest of the originals... Wasn't as standout-ish, very uh, kind of messy to go through. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's the right word to use there, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, it just it really didn't do anything for me at all. Yeah, no, I actually agree with you, Tom. Mine's also One Life, mm-hmm. um, but it's not because it was a bad song. It was just I think all the other songs in the album were just better. Yeah, um, and like we talked about earlier, I kind of wish the solo was longer and the rest of the song was maybe a little condensed. Um, so One Life for me was my bottom. Cool. Josh, any uh, bottom tracks for you? Well, it's really hard to pick one, but probably probably agree with you on the One Life. Uh, I don't know that there's any particular reason per se. just seem to have the, uh, the least amount of energy, I guess. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Cool. Right, now for the sleepers. Dark now yeah. for the Dark Horse Sleeper. The Sleepy Dark Horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I went with Denial. Um, yeah. Okay. I... I listened to the original and then to this and the what they did with it was uh pretty impressive because it, it sounds the most changed yeah. out of any yeah. of the uh nice. the acoustic covers so okay. I, I enjoyed that cool so i have two dark horses no. you don't have three this time i have oh, two. Okay. two no three's a different episode we'll get to that <laughs> oh no it's gonna be a long day um no so my two dark horses were come down and upbeat sugar um, I just thought they were really cool songs, and the fact that they were original, they might get skipped when you think of the whole like Seven Dust discography, because it's kind of an acoustic album, might yeah. be a skip album for some people, but I really think these two songs, uh, along with Bonfire, should be like kind of reverse it, like make electric versions of them, and and see what happens. So, uh, come down, upbeat sugar for my dark horses. Um, so mine was the weight. Um, mm-hmm. So the way I did it was I kind of picked, like I said, you know. My number one was from the, the re-rendition, yeah. acoustic mm-hmm. to electric or vice versa. And then one of the new songs I picked is kind of my like sleeper. And I went with the weight. And what really stuck out for me was it was the song that I wanted to hear. It was that acoustic, um, had more of that kind mm-hmm. of softer vibe, had the strings. Um, honestly, in my opinion, it was the one song on the album that kind of did stick out. Like Tom said earlier, it's yeah. one, one song that stuck out <coughs> from the rest. Yeah. Um, so that was it for me. Cool. What's a dark horse sleeper? <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a song that 
is not a popular song on the album, but you think people should hear it. and Kind of like the, yeah, the one that you didn't expect to be as good yeah. as it was. Yeah. All right. Um, I think I got to go with the Upbeat Sugar. That was one that caught my ear. I kind of dug it. Uh, it wasn't necessarily my favorite, but it it was a noteworthy track on there. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, Sweet. Ratings? Did you think Dark Horses? I did, yeah. yeah. Okay. Started. Started. I went to denial. <laughs> All right, uh, ratings? What, yeah, are we, so, what are you thinking? So, Josh, we rate everything out of, uh, basically out of five. So, we rate the beer, you know, um, zero to five on, we call it zero to five hops, you know, five being the most. Um, and then we rate the album on zero to five bops, um, again, five being the most. So, yeah. Joe, it was your album, so okay. start. What was your uh, what was your take on it? Um, I'm giving this a, a four out of five bops. Okay. Uh, I always listen to this album, like I said earlier. I love it, um, and I highly recommend it to anyone. Even if you don't like you know, metal and rock, mm. give this album a shot because it's it's a cool twist on rock elements and mm. then acoustic elements. So yeah. give it a shot, four out of five bops. Again, I put it at good, not great, uh, middle of the road for me. Could mm. listen, didn't have to run out and listen. I gave it two and a half. Yeah. Good, not great. Okay. Yeah, I ended up giving it a, a two out of five bops for me. Um, I kind of felt like a bad reviewer, but there's really not a lot to talk about for me personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, there, there wasn't a lot of standout between the tracks, which was what kind of killed it for me. Um, I really didn't have like a favorite or least favorite. I kind of picked it as I went along, but the, you know, there's so much overlap that it's it's hard to distinguish, <coughs> and um, uh, it, it, it lacked that wow factor for me. Yeah. You know how. Certain albums will have that. And obviously, um, you know, the acoustic vibe of it will give that wow factor. But me not being a fan of Seven Dust, not having that experience, um, it, yeah, just didn't really stand out for me. So, cool. yeah, around there. I think uh, I'm going to have to go with a three out of five box, mm. um, which is about what I'd give Seven Dust in general, to be honest. Yeah, that's fair. Um, they're a solid band. They're all fantastic musicians. Uh, but I'm, I feel like I'm always left wanting more out of these guys. I feel like they uh, stop short of what they can truly achieve. Mm-hmm. And as far as an acoustic album, I think that that's exactly the same feeling I get out of them. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's a solid effort, and it's just about what I expect that band to come out with as an acoustic album. It's not bad. It's not spectacular. It's seven dust. <laughs> that's their All tagline. Right, <laughs> you should market for them. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Cool. Uh, All right. right. So the mixed bag starburst sour for now. Tentative. Yes. For now. Tentatively <laughs> named. Patent pending. <laughs> It's not bad. It's not spectacular. It's seven. <laughs> it's going on their next album cover. Yeah, right. right. So we're going to refer to this beer as eventually it'll be the beer formerly known, known as, as. Yes. <laughs> the mixed bag, bag starburst sour. sour. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty I, sure that that's also on Untapped. <laughs> <laughs> we got work to uh, do. Yeah. So for me. Uh, I've grown on sours lately. The more I've had them, the more I've really gotten into them. Um, I will say, hands down, this is my go-to. I know it's new, but I, this is my favorite sour by far that I've tried. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the flavor distribution overall is just really, really good. It's not super sour, but you can still tell it's a sour. Um, 
you know, you could have more than one without feeling like, okay, it's too much. I, I got to move on. Um, I'm giving this beer four out of five. Four wow. out of five hops. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm sitting around there. I'm about a three and a half. Um, just generally not a big sour person. Mm-hmm. Um, but this actually changed my mind a little bit. I enjoyed the, the wow factor, like I said, yeah. with um, the Starburst being added in. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. And um, how Josh de- described the, the brewing process of it really added a lot for me. Uh, the citrus flavors were really uh, prominent, too. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I would love to get some more of these when they come out. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. Does my vote count? Because I can't really <laughs> taste. taste it. But, <laughs> but you smelled it. I did. I smelled it a little bit. <laughs> and I didn't taste throw up. So, no, no, no. In all seriousness, um, I'm also not a huge sour guy. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't had a lot of good sours. However, this is one of the better ones I've had. Um, and the starburst fact is that kind of X factor for me. Exactly. I think that'll make this thing sell. The fact that this is, you know... Uh, Double dry hopped with uh, or yeah. dry hopped with Starburst. Starburst. Yeah. You know, I think that's going to make people our age want to buy it because maybe that little childhood nostalgia. Um, so for all those reasons, I'm giving this a four. Nice awesome. with the asterisks. With the asterisks, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Put in the books, yeah. Should uh, should Josh read his own beer? Yeah, this might know. be a little biased. <laughs> uh, I mean. Don't I, I? I like legally have to say five. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, no, it um, makes sense though. It's good. Yeah. No, it's a great beer. I'm, I'm glad we got our hands on it before the uh, the batch ran out. But uh, cool. So let's shout out who we talked about. Yep. Um, so um, Witch Doctor Brewing, I mm-hmm. believe, is the your Instagram handle, Josh. Yeah, in Witch Doctor Brewing. Check them out on their website as well. Um, they do a little bit of live music there too sometimes. Uh, <laughs> February twentieth. February twentieth. Does yeah. this come out before? I don't that? know. That's a good point. <laughs> this might not come out before February twentieth. We got to see. Um, but uh, the yeah. Password is podcast. <laughs> but um, no, we really want to thank you, Josh, for coming on because you've been. You know, so great to us these last couple of years. I mean, we started working with you when you guys kind of first opened and we were getting back out there playing gigs and we played the uh, the town grand opening. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, we did. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, you know, you and the whole Witch Doctors crew has been great to us as a band and now joining us on the the podcast um, has been really great. So thank you for coming on and everyone out there. Go check out Witch Doctor Brewing. You're not going to be uh, disappointed when you go there not with the beers and great vibe. And um, yeah, so please go check them out. Awesome. Yeah. And then for our band, uh, Seven Dust Official on Instagram, they just <laughs> put out. Yeah. I guess someone already took Seven Dust. <laughs> they couldn't get the full tag. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, as I said, they put out a new album in 2020 called Blood and Stone. Check that out. Check out the discography. It's a good kick in the ass if you need that. So. Awesome. There you go. Yeah. Solid. Good. So our next episode, episode 22, um, we have a very special beer we're talking about. Um, it's called Undivided. Um, it is an open source beer that it has been put together by Aspatuck Brew Lab in Bridgeport, Connecticut, hmm. and the Connecticut Brewers Guild um, in support of the Brewers Guild. So we're going to be talking about that next episode. So look awesome. out for that. And then album-wise, we are talking about a band called Fair to Midland. Um, it's kind of unknown. Um, they were big in my in like the late two thousands. Yeah. Um, and 
They put out their first, well, technically it was their third album. We'll get into that, though. Yeah. But uh, Fables uh, from a Mayfly. They're just a very different band, and yes. I absolutely love them. Their sound is great. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, this has been the Hops and Bobs podcast. And again, once again, we want to thank Josh for joining us. We hope I had a good time. Thank you so much. Um, absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, it's been awesome having you guys uh, since, God, our grand opening. I didn't even realize it was yeah. so long. But, uh, I mean, you guys never fail to bring us lots of cool people, uh, and you guys always take the time to be cool to us and to hang out and yeah. and not just, you know, come to your thing and run away. Yeah. No, we appreciate it's it, been, man. Between the friendship between Smooth Series and Witch Doctor, it's really cool. And now the Hops and Bobs podcast. There it is. <laughs> the trifecta. Yes, there it is. <laughs> well... That's that's awesome. We really appreciate we it. Do. So come back on. You can choose the album and beer next time, and uh, maybe yeah. we could do it at the brewery, or that'd be a lot of fun. That'll so be. yeah, yeah, it'd be awesome, guys. Thanks. Yeah, cool, sweet. So um, so thanks again to Josh for Mike and Tom. I've been Joe. Um, Hops and Bobs podcast on Facebook and Instagram, streaming on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.